Hello and welcome to another episode of Altitude, where we talk to the founders of future high-flying companies in Latin America. I'm your co-host, Brian Reckworth. And I'm your co-host, Thomas Rojo. Today, our guest is Rafael Stark, founder and CEO of Stark Bank. Rafael is an engineer with problem solving in his blood. He started his own product studio called Hummingbird and came across a client wanting to automate refunds. That's where he realized there was a huge market opportunity to simplify several payment processes at scale. Stark Bank was born to modernize the financial infrastructure in Brazil through the power of integrations. They were part of the YC 2020 batch and are now helping companies such as Loft, Quinto Andar, and Boozer make operations smoother than ever. Rafael, great to have you on the Latitude Podcast. Welcome to Altitude. Thank you, Brian. Excited to be here with you. Rafa, you're a problem solver. Can you tell us a little bit more about what type of problems Starkbank is solving? Oh, Starkbank is basically a challenger bank. So we noticed that for enterprises so hard to make operations, such as accounts payables and accounts receivables, it's so it's super complex when co companies they have like sometimes huge financial teams, 30 people, 50 people, 200 people, <laughs> depends on the company. So operations are so complex to receive and pay people. And so we start to create a bank designed for enterprise, make it super easy for no matter if you are big or you, if you're small, but you grow fast. Banking should be simple. What have been some of the problems or let's, let's call them challenges of creating something new in this really traditional space, such as financial services? Okay, let's talk about keys that will be a clear picture, right? Imagine Boozer. Boozer is growing fast in Brazil, and they're probably going to be unicorns super soon. So Boozer, they basically sell tickets. So if you want to travel between two cities using bus, you can uh, buy a ticket on Boozer, and they provide this, this transportation. So imagine Boozer that uh, they need to receive money, right? So in Brazil, you can receive by card, you can receive by bulletin, you can receive by peaks. So receiving thousands of payments uh, from their, their customers and make reconciliations and understand who pays, who not, uh, linking those those payments with the with the, the tickets, sometimes make refunds because the customers missed the bus, so they want a refund, so they need to send money back. And, and do like millions of operations a month is super complex. So we, we make it super simple for a buzzer about that. And even to do their accounts payables also, like pay like all the drivers, all their, their providers, all their marketing, all their, their employees, all their tax, all, everything. Like we make in a single platform and we show beautiful graphs about that and what's going on and what they can like be better uh, banking experience for enterprise. It's called cash management. Is the way that the enterprise uses accounts uh, payable and accounts receivables. That's super cool, Rafa. You're pretty well positioned in the market now, but I imagine that it wasn't like that at the at the very beginning, right? So, how do did you initially establish Starkbank as a secure solution and, and as a good service provider for these folks? Yeah, like. Uh, when you begin and you're small, like it's hard to, to say for companies, hey, stop using the biggest private bank in Brazil and stop in, and start using Stark Bank to do your cash management. But the point is, when you start a business, uh, that there are a lot of players, such as like in finance, usually there are a lot of players. You cannot just 
create a product that is just a little bit better because entrepreneurs are super good in creating a product just a little bit. Uh, the product has to be like a huge difference because if you're just a little better, especially if you're a fintech, people will, will prefer the big bank instead of you. So, and, and especially that we are targeting high growth startups and enterprise in Brazil, we start to create cases one by one, you know. So first, uh, Boozer was uh, our first, uh, I don't remember, second, third client, if I'm not wrong. So we start with one single client, make a case with him, like develop a, a solution, uh, make changes of the solution to improve, you know, until the, the customer is being super help, uh, happy about the solution. Like with Boozer, we start small, we start with refunds. So Boozer needed to send money back to their customers. So they use our uh, wire transfer system to send those refunds. And they give feed, feed, feedbacks, we improve it. And then Boozer starting to be happy about us. And then they start to ask us for more, like, hey, uh, we would like to use you for receive money using uh, receive by Boleto. And we say, hey, let's create a service for that. And we launch it and create a case with Boozer about that. And then Boozer starting, hey, I like your platform. Like I can do cash out to pay my refunds. I can receive money uh, via boleto for cashing. Can you help me to pay my providers? And you know, uh, and then we 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 create other uh, modules for for Boozer. And what we create for Boozer, we open to other companies by improving our solution with our, our customers. We finished to having a cash management product that we starting serve uh, offering for more companies. And create more cases one by one. And now we have like Loft, Kintondar, Boozer, Facili, uh, Flash Beneficios, People Saúde, uh, Colgate, uh, a lot of other players using us. So and now the the sales cycles become more faster because people know about us. Customers give us super strong feedbacks and tell good things about us, you know, and then starting moving fast. You mentioned that it's pretty simple. It's pretty standard. Like you started something small and then you, you know, you listen to the customer, you built the refunds piece for Boozer and you started expanding the service offering based on what we were hearing from the customer. What would you say is next on the roadmap for solutions that Stark is going to be offering? You're growing at a really fast pace. I've seen the growth. What's on the agenda here for you and your plans? Yeah, our goal is build an entirely bank. You have a lot of products, different products. You have like cash management, you have card, corporate card, uh, you have Forex, you have investments, you have different financial products, right? So our goal is is create all one solution for companies. So single bank that they can do everything on Start Bank. So now we have cash, we just launched uh, corporate cards, uh, we are working right now on acquiring to allow our customers to receive by card. Uh, we we started a demo of Forex because most of our customers receive investments in dollars and need to bring it to Brazil to speed up their operations. Yeah, over the next five years, basically, it's build the entire bank. But pursuing the perfection, no? Different from the big, big ones. <laughs> that sounds... Like an easy challenge, Rafa. Good luck with that one. It's not easy, but we are stubborn and we, we work hard here. <laughs> Amazing. And, and we're seeing the results. So, Rafa, I heard some people refer to you like the Brex 
for Brazil, right? Referring to the US a startup bank. The analogy is quite clear, but I would, I would like to ask you, what do you think you would do differently to them? Yeah, I, I don't think it's a good analogy. Like in the beginning of 2020, maybe, I said this once, it was my fault, but in that period, you know, when you begin a business, you just want people that use your service. And after a while, you, you discover who is the best people to use your business. What's your product built for, you know? So uh, in the beginning, we want everyone to use it and especially startups. So that period, maybe uh, I compare myself with Brex because Brex uses a startup driven in the United States. It's an amazing company. I love the guys. But over our time, we noticed that our products serve good enterprises, big companies, right? So I think we are a bit different on that because they are focused more on in, in, uh, startups in the United States and we are now focused more on enterprise in Brazil. And we started a little bit different because we start with cash and now we move to cards. They start with cards and, not, and then they move to breaks uh, cash. So just feel difference between us. Rafael, a lot has changed over the last, you know, five years, 10 years in the, in the startup landscape in Brazil and Latin America. And particularly the fintech landscape has evolved dramatically. What would you say is the biggest factor in terms of, or, and how has open banking changed that landscape in Brazil? Well, uh, open banking is super interesting. Well, we started open banking in 2018 when I opened StartBank, like how our APIs are open. You can go to our website, see uh, all your our products and connect you through our APIs. And the data is from since the beginning of StartBank is from it's it's owned by our, our clients. It's not ours. It's data of our customers that we we stored for them. But uh, I see with a good guys, actually a lot of good guys that central bank forced the other guys to be open bank. It's good for everyone, like that financial institutions can exchange information for customers that want to lend money. So it's good to have offerings from different uh, banks. And if the, if the customer can share the data, it's best for the customer's interest. Because the data is just for the single bank. It's hard for the other financial institutions to see the historical of this, this customer and, and, and offer better services. You start from, from zero, the relationships. Now, with open banking, you can see the customer historical, the, the payments, everything. So it can start different from a zero the relationship and you can offer higher limits and other things because you can see the data even if the customer didn't operate with you. Cool, Rafa. And uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about what's the current moment of the company? Uh, maybe how you're doing a little bit maybe about your kind of fundraising situation. Sure. Uh, we are in a growth. So basically, we, we are growing average 35% month over month in both revenue and volume. This is not in the last six months, like it's in the past two, two years, almost, <laughs> is, a, is a constant. And we just, actually, it's not just because we are in October, but uh, we, we raised on the, on the beginning of August uh, $13 million. And we will invest uh, to support of growth, uh, basically on products, just on progress, no marketing, uh, just products to to create more financial products and serve because like uh, the, the customer that we are targeting the price they is not about one single solution 
because they don't want to have multiple financial providers. They want to have one single fin uh, financial provider that offer all you want to them. You know, so basically our fundraising is to make this possible to expand not only offer cash management card but all the other products I mentioned earlier. Congrats on the fundraising. That's uh, you know it's an important milestone in the business. Can you share any advice for any founders listening right now? One thing that you could share with, with anyone, what would it be? Share about products, about fundraising, about what? Yeah, <laughs> I would say you've been on this journey for a couple of years. What is the thing that sticks out the most that you've learned that maybe you didn't know before you started? Well, being entrepreneurs is one of the most hard things I made in my life, for sure. You know, it's super hard, man. You have no idea how hard it is. It's, it's not a full-time job i joke with my friends that's this is a lifetime job so one of the most important things uh in this journey like the consistency because sometimes you can go faster but the results take a while to appear you know so continue work I always talk to customers frequently it's super important it's simple advice but it's super important most of the founders doesn't you know don't don't create products from your head. Just see problems. Ask your your customer. Keep talking to them because it's how you you make connections with with your customers and how you upsell and cross-sell other solutions that you can create. Yeah, I mean, I think in your case, I remember talking to you in the early days when you were just starting out. You'd just gone through YC, and you didn't have like a big bang fundraising right after that. And here you are now raising from really impressive investors. You've got incredibly good clients, as we've already mentioned, and you've got, you're on a, an amazing growth path. So you've been consistent and you've been delivering and, and you've been super customer focused. And I think those are definitely key elements. So just wrapping up here, just to close things out, can you share us one word that exemplifies entrepreneurship for you? Consistency. <laughs> I was actually going sure. to interrupt myself and just say, let me wrap this up for you because it's an important thing and that you've kind of stuck through it and you've got through some of the challenges and, and here you are. So uh, I'm glad you've been consistent. I would maybe add persistence, right? Uh, which is kind of the, the twin brother of consistency, right? Yeah, totally. Totally. Is 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 the twin brother. Like, as you mentioned, I'm a bad guy in fundraising. Like I'm not good at it. I'm learning is a work in progress. But one advice that helps me a lot was good feedback from a friend. Like I talked to a friend and I, I asked him, hey, man, the company is growing a lot and I have a hard time for fundraising. What I miss it, you know? And this friend say, hey, Alpha, like start making is nice. Everything you do is nice, but maybe you can improve your soft skills. Maybe people just don't like you too much, you know, because they think you are arrogant. But the problem is, uh, I didn't understand why, because I, I think I'm dumb, you know, I, I don't think I, I'm smarter or faster or other things than other people. And I didn't understand this why, and, but did this friend clarify? And then I understood everything. Like, uh, the problem was a, a little bit about me, my soft skills, uh, because I, I always try to be impressive, building stuff and selling and, and growing. But the one important thing that I missed a lot is like soft skills, be likable. Before starting talk about business or other things, start connecting with the person first. Talk about their feelings, their family, like about game, about other things. And not be a workaholic person. Because sometimes 
I, I read this on your book, Brian. I, <laughs> sometimes you're a super workaholic and you disconnect from other people. You know, you just think on work and working and think on work. So, it, and this maybe sometimes create a hard time for you connecting to people and, and disconnect from work and talk about other things, you know? So be more likable, increase uh, soft skills. So after after he told me that, and, and then I started practicing this about being more likable and, and super care about uh, the other person and next to me and not about my company or my work, you know? Man, the fundraising was super fast up after that. <laughs> after well, that's that. an interesting <laughs> lesson, and I, I think it's uh, spot on. I mean, I think entrepreneurs often forget on the other side of the table, these are people. And if you're going to do business, you want to do business with people that you enjoy or that you feel connected with. Obviously, it helps to have a business going 35% month over month, uh, like your case. But the reality is that the, the human connection is is a real thing. So I think that's a great realization, uh, Raphael. And, and uh, thank you for sharing that and being open about that on, on the podcast because like, not everyone would just say, oh, maybe people think that I'm arrogant or don't like me or whatever. It's kudos to you for listening to that harsh feedback, because it sounds like the person, I think I actually know who gave you the feedback, said it in from a perspective of wanting to, you to, to, to succeed, you know? And so sometimes that harsh feedback can be a wake-up call and allow you to adjust things. And then, you know, here you are $13 million later, big customers and growing at a torrid pace. Yeah, because like, I love feedbacks, man. I, I, when someone starts saying good things about Sarkbank, I cut and say, hey, Tell me the bad things. I want to improve, you know. <laughs> to develop products and evolve products, you need to be feedback-driven. You need to be open for feedback. And I totally this person, you know. So I'm working to fix this, this impression that this misunderstanding about myself. Thank you for sharing that. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. 